Yesterday's concert is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. It's kind of about growing up from the perspective of a grown-up. You know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. about like, it's about like looking back at those times and coming up through it. And then, and then kind of equally about like from an adult perspective about like, we have songs about the nine to five grind. And then we also have songs about like getting out of this town and like, you know, like teenage angst stuff. And so it's kind of like has this duality of like, adult life and teenage life and like looking back at it and the lessons that you learn and all those kinds of things. So, so there's definitely like both sides of that coin represented in, in the album. Grab your earplugs for another episode of yesterday's concert, a podcast that celebrates live music. My name is Lance Ingram, and in this episode we talk to Austin and Taryn Dury of Dury. We discuss their debut album, Suburban Legend, how the best ideas are unintentional in their whirlwind of success. Plus we get a glimpse of what their upcoming tour holds. Hint, there's some rock and roll. So I'm here with Taryn and Austin Dury, fantastic new band called Dury. How are you guys? You doing good? Doing all right. We are good. How about you? I can't complain. So as is tradition on the show, we like to start with some icebreakers. So my first two questions I'm basing off the Who's Laughing Now video. My first one is, you talk about getting face tattoos in the video. If you were going to actually do it, what would you get? Oh, no. A great question. But also a terrible question. I, don't know that <laughs> um, I feel like I, I would, if I'm going to get a face tattoo, I would like lean into it. And I don't know exactly to. what it would be, but I'd get something dumb. I don't know. Or like I, full neck dump. You're talking like Mike Tyson, like the fool, like go that hey, full whole thing. Go big or go home. I, exactly. I have seen some very cool, very tasteful little face tattoos. Um why be tasteful when you can there's, not be there's, there's this, <laughs> what is her name? There's this like like alt country artist named I think Sierra. I don't Sierra Hole? No, Sierra. I know who you're talking about. Uh, yeah, she has a, it's like an arrow. Yeah. And it's like yes. super cool and like tasteful and like that's a great face tattoo. Sierra Farrell. Yes, that's the one. Yes, she's fantastic. Right. Yeah. So, uh, well, I mean, I want to hear more about what is a tasteful face tattoo? Like, how what constitutes an untasteful face tattoo then? Mm-hmm. That is a like, what is a tasteful face tattoo is such a big question because they're so like inherently non like tasteful. <laughs> We're writing. Well, there's this, I've been seeing this artist who has a, like an Apple logo on okay. his face and I'm like, oh no. But then like the more I thought about them, I'm like, That's, maybe he's saying something, you know, maybe feel, this is a statement. I, don't know. I feel like that just reminds me of like my little pony and their little butt tattoos or something. <laughs> like, I feel like that's oh, no. like Applejack. I don't know. Oh no. Um, well, I mean, does the guy at least get like free iPhones? Like, does he get a free upgrade every year? Like, honestly, maybe that's the deal. You know, maybe it's a sponsorship. <laughs> I mean, clearly. All right. So I think we've established face tattoos. We'll move on to the second question. Guitar Hero. It's featured. What uh, what song did you absolutely crush on Guitar Hero growing up? Monkey Wrench by uh, Foo Fighters. Yep. Nice. I had that one on Expert. I could do it backwards. Like, that was I love one. it. I'm going to be honest. I've never really played Guitar Hero. I've seen it happen. I've watched him. You only pretended to play Guitar Hero. I just, I wish I had a good answer for that, but I don't. 
That's good. Were you just too young or like, why did you miss this, this wave? I, I was too young. <laughs> That's so okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Well, you need to, we need to like, that needs to be like a, like a VIP treatment on tour is like, you get to play like for like $4,000, you get one hour of Guitar Hero time with the band and that I way you can kind of get acclimated. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. Okay. Somebody, so, somebody made a like, in that like custom Guitar Hero, I don't remember what it's called, but somebody made, made Who's Laughing Now as a Guitar Hero, like really song. super awesome. That's so cool. Okay, that's fantastic. So that actually leads into the next question really well. You guys have really killer merch. You're really good at doing merch. What would be a, a dream item to create for y'all? Ooh. Ooh. I feel like we just made our dream item. Yeah. Is the uh -huh. N6 cartridge. We, yeah, made we 3D printed custom cassette cases that look like N64 cartridges. And they're the coolest thing. And I have been working on it for so long and I'm so happy that it's done. And that's honestly, that's my dream merch item. I feel like though, a step up from that is actually making a, an N64 game that we sick. can sell. I feel like that's. You, sh you should. I don't you know totally how you totally should. You're I great. know. There's 100% somebody out there that can do this. Like, yeah. I, I mean, it may cost like $3 trillion, but like, it's totally yeah. worth it. So. <laughs> Okay, so that actually leads really well into the last one. What is your favorite N64 game? Mm. It's so basic, but it's true. Ocarina of Time mm. is N64 game. Just, that's it. I don't know if maybe Smash Bros. is good too, but yeah. Again. Blasts. Don't tell me, don't say you didn't do it. No, stop. No. I, I have. Okay, okay. But not much. I was going to say like Smash Bros or something. Yeah. I forced her to play some Smash Bros when we were kids. Yeah. But... <laughs> so I when I was in in passion behind it. So when I was in college, I had two roommates and we had we played so much Smash Bros that we started keeping track of like all the games and who won. And by the end of the semester it was like 600 games or something like that that we had played over like like 3 months or so. It was something ridiculous, but so I'm totally Smash Bros with you on that one. So fantastic. We've been, we've been Discussing the idea of, of bringing a console on tour to specifically have like a TV up front stage that people can like play Smash Bros. Like before one hundred percent, I think that sounds so far. Well, in addition to the four grand to play Guitar Hero with you guys, an extra two grand and you get to play Smash Bros. with the band yeah. before the show. So <laughs> I should be your marketing guy. I'm sorry, it's just the way it's supposed to be. So okay, well, so that actually leads really well into the conversation because. One of the things that I've picked, I haven't listened to the full album. I've heard the singles you've released, which is a bulk of the album. There's a thread of teenage nostalgia that runs through the album. What encapsulates those days that you want to hark back on so much? Yeah, so we, in the album, it's a lot about like, it's kind of about growing up from the perspective of a grown up. You know what I mean? It's not mm -hmm. about like, it's about like looking back at those times and coming up through it. And then, and then kind of equally about like, you know, from an adult perspective about like we have songs about the nine to five grind and then we also have songs about like getting out of this town and like you know like teenage angst stuff and so it's kind of like has this duality of like of like adult life and teenage life and like looking back at it and the lessons that you learn and all those kinds of things so so there's definitely like both sides of that coin represented in in the album well that's uh, one of the interviews i read i think it was with you austin that it said that you you try to capture honest nostalgia can you can you explain that terminology a little more for me yeah you know i like 
I feel like a lot of times on like TV and stuff, you'll see kind of like nostalgia bait that is like, mm-hmm. that is like not real kind of mm-hmm. you like, it's like, like I see the kind of an example of this is like, is like, I see there's this TikTok song that just came out or whatever. And it's all about like being emo. And then the mm-hmm. music video is like a bunch of like ripped dudes at a pool party, like playing beer pong. Okay. And I'm like, dude, Nah, that's look, that's that one. Yeah. Like, just because you're saying like these catchphrases that are that are that we think of that we associate with you know nostalgia times, you, you're missing missing the mark with it, you know. And and so like you know we have a song kind of that that touches on like specific like emo culture stuff. We have a song called Mallrat, but it's not talking about you know emo phase stuff. It's like talking about like. One of the lines is like about being at, being at the mall and how the air smells like hair dye and Cinnabon. You know, that's like mm-hmm. that's like the real like memories that real that if you really lived that you have mm-hmm. that are not so widespread, not something that is like that you think of immediately, but something that will bring you back to it because you haven't thought of it in a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, like with those kind of things, he he writes like pretty much all of the lyrics and comes up with those concepts but i feel like you're writing from those experiences yourself and those memories and and the smells that you think of when you walk into the mall and yeah. like it's a lot more experiential rather than the just like you were saying just almost artificial like it's not pandering yeah <laughs> yeah so you're saving that for your country career a little later yeah. good <laughs> good for you Good for you. I'm excited for that. (laughs) Well, that's, I am curious though, with the age difference between you, I mean, it's what, seven years? So, I mean, that's, I was having a conversation with a coworker yesterday who's 10 years younger than I am, or more than that, actually. But it was just kind of, it was an odd thing of like, there were so many similarities. And like, cause we talked about like emo culture and hipster culture and things like that, that I grew up with in high school. And then talking about what they go through in high school now. And it's just such an odd thing. So it's a terror. I'm curious, like, when he's looking back at the nostalgia of this, what is your perspective of the lyrics and things that you lived? Yeah, I feel like, I mean, again, there's kind of the two portions of all of the songs in our album and they're just very parallel. And so I think there are things that like, I feel like people in my kind of age group still relate to. And and I think there's a lot of just human experiences in the lyrics. So um, I think it is still just relatable, but I. I feel like with all of the nostalgia factors and things that he's talking about, it's like, I remember witnessing all of these things, but I don't have the same just deep nostalgic feelings that he does, that he's experiencing. And so, yeah, again, it's like, I know these things, I remember them, but it's like, but I don't have any feelings attached to them as much. Then there's also, that's kind of like the duality of the album. It has to do with like the, you know, the current young people experience and then and then older folks looking back at that experience too yeah um so both sides are definitely like represented and yeah and and i think we see both sides too in our fans like we have a lot of younger fans and a lot of you know not younger fans (laughs) and and but we see them all showing up to shows and it's not you know it's not one type of person is our fans it's it's everybody you know yeah cool Mm mm-hmm well, and I think there's a unique perspective that you're bringing to these songs as well, because it's when I was a teenager, I, I was very much into like a different scene altogether. But 
it was really hard for me to connect to a band like some 41 or something like that because I couldn't identify with like the teenage angst lyrics in that sense. I was more on like the slayer side of teenage angst. And so like, but now that I'm an adult and I'm looking back, like you're talking about on this nostalgia as well as just kind of having been in the workforce for 15 years or whatever it is now, it's definitely framing a different perspective. So that's, I was curious, like with these audiences, kind of how they're connecting to these lyrics beyond just like, yeah, this is a really fun bop and I'm, enjoying dancing to it so how have you seen fans connecting beyond just the music i think that one thing that we've gotten good at is really scaling things down to a niche topic for certain songs and like like one of our most popular songs is is big boy and it's just about being a big boy and and Mm -hmm. well that's not for everybody not everyone gets that experience but you know when we play shows our fans a lot of big boys out there like so you know and, and, and we know that we that like just that one particular part of life can can appeal to so much to that one sect of people and then the next song is about something completely different but that feels specific to a certain group of people so yeah yeah so it, it, it's kind of there are a lot of things that are just a broad human experience of of you know of life but there are a lot of there are a lot of songs too that are really specific this is just for one experience you know mm-hmm. let's i mean i know you had a career prior to this band that you kind of started to question whether anything was actually going to work out and so that's but one of the things that I, i'm also a through line of your songs that i'm catching is like a general search for purpose a general search for something larger or, or even just living a life without much regret because it, it's going to happen and so that's i was just kind of wondering where does that stem from? Where does that heart for searching for purpose stem from? Yeah, you know, I, I've been I've been laser focused on being in a band. Like that was it. Like literally since I was like 15 or 16. My first band started when I was 16. And and that's like that's been it the whole time. And and you know, we did that. We did the we chased it for so long with brutal touring and and playing for nobody and sleeping on floors and you know living on pop tarts and all that stuff and 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 yeah we were i really saw a lot of that a lot of that world of you know kind of the desperation and i was really kind of at the end of at the end of hope that that would work out when dury came to be and and that's yeah that's what that's what the song losers club was all about was old band had just we, we had this huge tour plan and the whole thing got canceled because of covid and that's when i wrote losers club and it was kind of about like it's about that like i've spent my whole life trying to prove that this wasn't a mistake to invest my life in this and and then kind of at some point just being like well, well maybe it is that's just who i am and that's okay and that's and that's kind of where the whole like losers club as a as a as a motto and a source of pride came from just that idea and the first lyric of losers club is actually hearkening back to the tour getting canceled specifically it's i said this time last year that we'd be gone but we're still here and that's like exactly what happened (laughs) well i mean it's kind of you didn't plan on it turning out this way. I mean, to put it mildly. Oh. But do you think the best ideas kind of happen organically and unintentionally like this? I mean, is that fair to say? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this song has been just this project as a whole has been very natural and very just honest and real. And, and it just 
we work really hard at it. We're very intentional about stuff, but it also has just, we kind of just fell into it. Like, it's yeah. kind of like, ever. I think it's also been good. I feel like we've been working on this album for so long. And so I'm so excited for things to come out. But yes. I feel like it's been really good to be able to have sat with these songs for so long. And yeah, they came out very naturally, but then we also had time to like, hone that in even more and think about it and mm-hmm. just take our time. And we wrote a bunch of songs that didn't make the album too. Yeah. It's like, this is a very we well, picky. this is a very well, like, like thoroughly curated album. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, Taryn, I mean, this was very much not your plan to do music, correct? Like you didn't yeah. want to go down this route. So like, I mean, how does it feel now to be like in a band and this is kind of like your future for the foreseeable future, at least like, how does that feel? Yeah. I mean, that's, this never would have happened in my wildest dreams ever. Like this was not, I didn't really know what I was doing with my life and I still don't, nobody does. But like, even just growing up, it's like I was exposed to music. I could play guitar or whatever, but I had no intentions of ever doing something with this and being in a band, even with him. Like (laughs) I, I didn't expect that. And so in hindsight, it's, it's been really cool to, to be doing this and I'm I'm really thankful that we did start all of this and I'm having all of these experiences and and it has given me just a sense of direction and so it's been crazy. <laughs> um, well, and that's I'm I'm curious too like for him to have for Austin to have the lack of success and then for you to come along and ride this wave of success with him. How does that feel? I feel like I feel like I've faced a lot of imposter syndrome. <laughs> well, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and I've definitely just been like jumping in cold turkey a little bit. But I mean, I feel like I'm starting to just see progress in all of this in myself. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm learning to own it now. And it's, it's been a while for that. And so for me, that's exciting to see just that kind of growth. And again, I never would have chosen this like otherwise but i'm just happy it came together this way so well i mean i'm curious too austin like i didn't want to talk about family stuff but here i am talking about family stuff but uh, so i mean having to be to have the pursuit that you wanted from so young and to have your sister come along like how does that feel now to to be like i was asking her like have that success with her joining you yeah you know it's weird it's like it, it feels like Taryn, Taryn was like the secret sauce that made this whole thing work. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, it's like I've been doing my own thing for so long and, and, you know, only having so much success. But then Taryn steps in and like day one, we're off, we're doing it, you mm-hmm. know. And and yeah, it's been it's been incredible. And 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 it's cool to, you know, like have this person that I've grown up with. And we have all these like, like very niche, weird, like similarities and we talk similar and like and we kind of have the same brain and like it's very weird but but it's been awesome it's been it's great to to build this band together you know coming from such a similar upbringing and stuff i do feel like too with our our age difference growing up it's like when you're a kid him being seven years older is way it's a lot bigger difference and so i think when we first started doing stuff together i like it was weird to suddenly be like kind of on the same level and like both be adults and talk to each other that way. And I don't know. So I feel like 
that's just been a cool experience, yeah. honestly. Mm-hmm. That is cool. Well, and that's, and I, I mean, kind of going back to like the best ideas or like organic and things like that. So I'm just curious, like this project just seems to kind of fallen out of the universe and kind of into your laps. Does it ever feel overwhelming to have the success that you're experiencing now when it was so little of it was kind of planned? You know, I feel like, uh, I feel like I spent, I spent my whole life waiting for that to happen. So I felt kind of oddly prepared for it. (laughs) Um, Like, like, I have been learning to use like all these programs to make everything like video editing and Photoshop and, and all these things and, and, you know, sound stuff. And so like coming into this, we're able to be totally DIY in all these different ways in part because I have been secretly planning this for, you know, a decade. And so like I've had, so I've taken all the time to, you know, learn all these things and, and figure out how to do it myself because I never had money or resources to to do for anyone else to do it for me but it's all kind of culminated in this very like unified vision where we can where we can discuss something together and make an idea and i know that i can just do it like i have all the tools to just we can just do it and and yeah so yeah definitely overwhelming on a emotional level i would say but but also like we were kind of uniquely pre- like ready to handle it you know so yeah it's been cool And I'm wondering, too, about, like, the success of, like, who's laughing now. Do you ever have a fear of what's next? Or, like, you have the anticipation for Suburban Legend. Does that ever concern you about, like, oh, we have to top this for the next album or the next single or anything? Like, does that success kind of push back in the wrong way ever? You know, I think think that all this is, like, we approach it with an attitude of, like... (laughs) an attitude of gratitude, but it's more like, you know, if this whole thing crashes and burns and the next album sucks or whatever, we have had the time of our lives. We have seen the world. We have, you know, grown together so tight and, and made so many friends and fans across, across the world because of it. So like, you know, we're definitely, we're going to keep doing what, whatever comes naturally. We're not going to worry about it has to be better than the last thing or whatever. It's more like we're thankful for, for where we've been. We're thankful for where we're at and we're thankful for whatever is going to come next. We're just going to do our best. And that's all there is, all you can do, you know? So, yeah. mm-hmm. Well, with so many songs that you've already written, is, is that just being pushed to the next project or those just kind of sitting on the shelf waiting? What are you going to do with those? I write too many songs. So oh. yeah. So like for this album, we had tracked 17 songs. And wow. we went down to 12. And then we have essentially at this point, we were planning on using using the leftovers for future projects or something. But since then, I have like 15 new songs that I think are better. So it's like amazing. So and and when the first album is now yet. So the next one's like mostly written, maybe, but maybe we'll come up with more. So yeah. So I guess like there is no lack of abundance in the songs. I feel like we have just a lot of creative control and we hope to maintain that. And so again, we can just be picky and we'll see what we come out with in the end. Well, that, I mean, my follow-up question was, have you always been that prolific of a songwriter? Like, is this something like a new outflowing of creativity or is this kind of just the norm for you? I'd say it's been a, it, it definitely comes in waves of like mm-hmm. inspiration and stuff like that. And kind of has to do with just like how much time we have mm-hmm. to, sit around and screw around on a guitar you know um, 
But but yeah, I, I I tend to write pretty fast when I'm in this in the zone, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess I I guess it's kind of always been like that. Like for my old band, we you know we put out three full length records with my old band, mm-hmm. and there was hundreds of lost songs and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's not a problem to make new songs. I don't know. <laughs> That's great. Well, I'm, I'm as we kind of start to wrap up. I have one generic kind of question that I want to ask. I have tickets to your Denver show. Very excited to see y'all. What can fans expect on the tour? Really generic, but I'm curious to hear. There's going to be music. Uh, oh, yeah. what? Since when? <laughs> Surprise. You stop that. No, honestly, our shows are pretty casual, kind of. It's mm-hmm. like, it's very like almost conversational. It's very like, mm-hmm. we'll stop and talk with people and like, I don't know totally if we're going to do it, but we've been talking about, you know, bringing a game console and a TV to like play N64 before the shows and like just a way to like hang out with people a little bit. And yeah. yeah, it's very like the shows are very interpersonal and then we rock and roll and we all sing together and it's sweaty and stinky and, and, and rock and roll, you know? And, and yeah, we, you know, we, we don't, we don't, we don't have the biggest, you know, we don't have a big tour bus full of sweet gear or anything, but we're going to, but we're going to show up and play these songs that we really believe in. And, and we know the fans really believe in them too. And we hope that it's just a very human connective mm. experience for everybody. I do want to say too, our shows are very family friendly and we have a lot of child fans. Yes. And that's always a fun time too. Every show, there's some like, Eight-year-old. Eight-year-old with giant earmuffs on in the front row. That's like, <laughs> that's like either going crazy or just like completely still. Um, <laughs> We're like toddlers. Yeah. And, and that stuff's great. We love it. I, yeah. I, I love it. It's a, I love that parents and kids and teenagers can all come together this music. I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, you're really crossing all the demographics here. I love it. That's beautiful. Right. Way to go, guys. Like you don't, you don't need me as your marketing manager anymore. You got it. You guys got it. Good for you. That's right. So, well, hey, Suburban Legend comes out September eighth. Correct. Correct. Yes. Super excited. Got a lot. I've seen a lot of people online talking about how excited they are to hear it. Can't wait to see you guys in Denver. Thanks so much for chatting today. Thank you. We'll yeah. see you there. See you at the show. I'm Lance Ingram, and this is yesterday's concert. Thanks for listening to another episode of my show. For more live music podcasting, check out our other show, Jam Journals. If you're feeling kind, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and check us out on all the social media platforms. Email us at info at yesterdaysconcert.com or visit our website, yesterdaysconcert.com. So until next time, give us a subscribe, tell your friends, and most importantly, take care of your shoes. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.